much for joining us today on episode number 60 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Sidious, Altius, Fortius. Faster, higher, stronger. It's the Olympic motto, but it's also what we believe is a great motto for all real life runners out there. And we're going to talk more about that today. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. So Sidious Altius Fortius, it is the opening of one of my favorite movies, the Prefontaine movie called Without Limits, and it's the voiceover at the beginning by the amazing Donald Sutherland as he explains that the Olympic motto, Sidious Altius Fortius, faster, higher, stronger, means faster, higher, stronger, but not in comparison to anybody else, just simply faster, higher, stronger, that the ideal of the Olympics is to simply be as great as you possibly can. Yeah, it's comparison to yourself versus comparison to others. I mean, that movie gives me chills within the opening like 15 seconds yeah. of it. Yeah, it's funny because when people think about the Olympics, they usually think about winning a medal or winning a gold medal, and that means beating everybody else in your field or in your sport. Right, but as it, at its actual absolute crux of the Olympics, the idea was to bring together the greatest athletes in the world mm -hmm. and have them push each other to find what the upper limit of human capability was. Right. That's, that's the principle of the Olympics. Yeah, it's not necessarily competing to see who is better, but competing to see how high we can reach as a human race. As a human race. That yeah. was the idea. It was instead of fighting each other out on the battlefield, why don't we see who can run faster, who can throw this thing farther, who can jump higher than anybody else? Mm -hmm. And not just like compete head to head, but just what what can we do when we work together instead of when we go up against each other? Yeah, but it's, I mean, it is competing. It, it is going up against each other, but it is human nature, I think, to use other people as motivation for yourself to get better. Very much. Right? I mean, like, you want to prove yourself. You want to get better. I mean, sometimes you do want to beat that other person that you're competing against. And without that competition, then humans might not reach the same kind of heights. I mean, look at the space race, right? Yes. I mean, look at the space race in the 1950s. We were trying to compete against Russia to, to see who could get a satellite into space first. And it was because both of us were trying to do it first. Yeah. That they, they launched a dog it. into space. And so right. we put a man on the moon and it's that competition from one, one country to the other. That's really what propelled any of the higher levels of success. Right. So where are we going with this? I mean, basically we think that this is a great motto for real life runners because like we talked about last week, it's not about comparing yourself to other people. We, we do so naturally in humanity, right? I mean, you always compare yourself to other people around you and we talked about that last week. But today we wanted to talk more about how the real comparison lies within ourselves and how running basically makes us reach to those higher levels and how that can then spill out into the other areas of our life. Right. It's an overall pursuit of greatness, a greatness in all things, not simply faster, higher, stronger, but just a broader look of greater to be the greatest version of yourself that you possibly can be. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's, it's about self-comparison. It's when you go into, into a race, into some sort of physical competition to see 
what you can personally get out of that. When you're looking at it in a self-comparison, you can take into account real life. You can take into account how much you were able to actually prepare for that, how much sleep you've been getting, how much focus you have on that versus other areas of your life. So it's the best that you were able to bring on that particular day. It's It might not have been the fastest you've ever run, but it's still a reach towards personal excellence. Yeah, I was talking to my friend this morning on our run, and we are both going to be running the half marathon in January in Key West. So, and if you want, you still have time to join us. But anyway, we're talking about it, and I asked her if she had a goal for the race, and she said, like a time? And I said, yeah, just curious if you had any sort of goal for it. And she said, well... My goal pretty much for every race is to prepare and then give it my best on race day. And whatever I have that day is going to determine to determine what that number is. That's phenomenal. I mean, that is amazing. I said, man, I want, I need to be more like that. I'm trying to get there, you know. And, and so we, I, I am definitely trying to get to that point where the time is just a number and it's just a checkpoint along the way to kind of see where I am. And I'm getting there for sure. But... I was kind of telling her how I still feel like I have something to prove. And she's that's, like, that's a big component of it is you know, feeling like you have something to prove, but yeah. then it, it leads to the question, prove it to who? And that's what she said. Who, who are you trying to prove it to yourself? And I said, yeah, I mean, part, part of it is myself. Part of it is the running group that we're a part of, because part of it is still that little thing in the back of my mind that I never considered myself a runner. And I always, when I finally did accept the identity of runner, I thought of myself as a slow runner and it's only been within... (laughs) You threw an adjective in there. Right. And it's only been within the last year that I've actually challenged that notion of I am a slow runner. You know, I, I started thinking to myself, okay, well, what if I could be faster? And I asked you, do you think I could be faster? And you were like, yeah, of course you can. Yeah, you can be faster, right. but you were prioritizing other things. Yeah. Like you were making big advancements in, in other areas. Right. But as an overall pursuit of excellence, you wanted to see what you could do on that physical side. Also, how mm-hmm. fast can you actually get? And now we're starting to see, and those those numbers are dropping. Yeah, which is pretty cool. But it's it's hard sometimes, I think, to just only compare to yourself and not not try to compare to other people around you but ultimately that's the only person that you have to answer to is yourself I mean that's so much of what I tell the the kids on the team yeah you know it depends on on what race we're going into and stuff like that but you know that was part of the the talk I had we have our big regional race coming up here and the the push that I've been going all week long is you know, let's run as fast as we can. Let's try and qualify out of this. But at the end of the day, when you cross that finish line, I'm going to ask you a question. And it's really a question that you need to be able to ask yourself. Did you go as fast as you could that day? Right. Like, did you give it everything? Exactly. And I've told the girls that before too. And they're like, coach, I I wasn't happy with my time. And I'm like, did you give it your best? Was that everything you had and they said yes and I said then that's all we can ask of you yeah and when you've got seniors and this may can possibly be their last race like literally their last race like these kids who are heading off to college they're not gonna run in college they're, they're not gonna run in college yeah. they may years from now hop into a, a local 5k like a turkey trot mm-hmm. in their mid-30s mm-hmm. like I can see that happening <laughs> but, for some of them but this this is this is it maybe it for their big competitive thing 
you don't want to walk away saying, man, I wish I had pushed a little bit harder in the middle of that race. Right. That's, that's what I was trying to drive home is yeah. make sure that you leave it out there. And when you mm-hmm. cross the finish line, don't worry what the clock says. Worry that you can look yourself in the mirror and be like, yeah, that's, that's what I had. Right. Because especially those of us, you know, real life runners that aren't racing all the time, that aren't competing for state championships, it's not really that goal and that number on the clock that we're trying to reach. It's really the journey and the process. That's the goal. That's what we're really aiming for in all of this. We're trying to become stronger. We're trying to become better versions of ourselves. And that's the whole reason we started this podcast is to show how the lessons that we learn from running can carry over into the rest of our lives to make us stronger individuals, both physically and mentally, to make us healthier individuals, both physically and mentally and emotionally and socially. There's so many things that ways that running can improve your life. And it's that, it's that journey and the process of it all and just enjoying it and knowing that like there are going to be good days and there are going to be bad days and it's still all just part of it. I mean, there's good days and bad days in all aspects too. Mm -hmm. Like there are days where you go out and you go for a run and you feel phenomenal and that's a great physical day and you're crushing it. Yeah. But physical is not the only aspect that you're trying to pursue greatness. You know, there's, there's days where you've got social and emotional stuff and there's days where it's just like, I am just, this is a rough day, you know, emotionally to try and get through. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just not bringing enough happiness today. It's a day where it's kind of like going out for a run and you just feel like your legs are heavy and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But it's an emotional version of that where you're just like, I just, I'm not feeling happy today. And it's a tough day and you got to get your way through it. And just like on a run, you've got to get through it. Mm -hmm. Same thing happens with this. You still have to go through the day. You still are interacting with the world around you. Try and bring as much happiness and joy as you can be the best version of what you can given the situation. Right. But it also highlights that impossibility of perfection. Oh yeah. I mean that this was also in the back of my mind in the two of us big college football fans. And if you look at the whole idea of like how the the rankings work it's only the teams that haven't lost a single game yet that are sliding towards the top. Mm-hmm. In order to make it to the top of the rankings, you need to be perfect. Undefeated. Like that's that's what it takes is winning everything. Right. But if you look at the details, if you follow any team, it's not like every play is perfect. Oh, well, and not every game is even perfect. Not every game is perfect. You Some... might come out on top, thank goodness, <laughs> yes. you know, but... Some of those games could have very easily gone the other way. Right. It's the impossibility of perfection. Right. It it allows everybody at whatever level to be able to say, there's still something else that I could reach for. There's another level that I could be better at because there's so many areas of your life that you could improve. But even if you just look on, on a physical aspect, like what does the guy who's holding the world record in the marathon mm-hmm. do when he's on the starting line? Yeah. You know, what's going through his head? Well, yeah. I know I'm. Did that. I know I'm faster than everybody else here, and any human who's ever been born on the planet. <laughs> so, like, I mean, what's going right. through his head? Well, why is he still running? Right. There's a reason he's still running. He, right. Like he's already achieved that goal. He's set the world record. Right. He is the fastest person to ever run a marathon. Right. 
And he so still why are you goes still running? out because yeah. he's still trying to see how he thinks exactly. he can go faster. Exactly. He's reaching for more. Because when you look back over a race that takes, I mean, in his instance, just over two hours, there's there's some nitpicking details in mm-hmm. there. You know, if that race takes three to four hours, mm-hmm. you know, you're looking back over it, you're like, oh, if I could have changed those 15 minutes, mm-hmm. if I could have done something different in those two miles, like there's a lot of stuff where you can go back and try and pick little seconds along the way. When you're the world record, every second changes the world record again. It's interesting. I was listening to a podcast the other day and it was about coaching and the interviewer was talking about, um, actually the interviewee was talking about how he was working with Olympic athletes. And when he would interview Olympic athletes that won the gold medal in whatever sport they they won, he would ask them all one question, and that was, the day after you won the gold medal, how did you feel? The day after. The day after. Okay. Did you feel proud like proud and accomplished or did you feel a little empty because <laughs> you've been working for years yeah, and what the, and or your was, whole life yeah i mean you literally most of these people on, on an olympic level started yeah. at like uh, kids six yeah five <laughs> yeah i mean depending on what sport it is exactly but he said that a lot of the people i forget the percentage but a good more than half of them said that they felt a sense of emptiness because that was it. They achieved their goal. And he found that it was more common in the gold medal winners than in the silver, bronze, or people that didn't medal, that just competed in the Olympics. Like, because those, those gold medal lim- winners got there. They did it. They, they did it. They peaked. Right. Now, now what are they going to do? Now what? Like, right. do you, do the you next, like, push the, for four more years and try and yeah. do it again? Right. And if you do, is that really just the same level of satisfaction that wasn't really that satisfying? Right. Yeah, that's weird. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Because, like, you would think that is the ultimate goal, and that's it. You achieved it. Now you're going to be happy, and it's just... A lot of them are just so empty because the training and that lifestyle was so much who they were. It's their identity. And then just like you said, it's it's now what? They have to answer that question. Yeah, I mean that's that's the little speech that we gave at the very beginning of the season that I gave at the beginning of this week that – it is the journey. The journey is, in fact, the destination. All of your pursuit is is the winning part. You know, trying to reach towards excellence is the goal. It's not getting a medal around your neck. It is the constant pursuit of excellence that is, in fact, the winning thing because that's what builds you to be a better person. Right. It's the way that j- running is just this giant metaphor for life. You know, when you cross that finish line and you get that medal, so even if it's a marathon or a half marathon or, you know, your first 5K and it's it's things that you want to check off your bucket list. In my mind, I mean, there are some people that love their bling, you know, they're, they Definitely. love their metal chasers. And, <laughs> right? and that's fine. And that's cool. But it's those medals, like when you look at the medals, when they put that medal around your neck or when you take your medal and you hang it up on your homemade metal hanger <laughs> at your house with your inspirational quote on it, you know, it's what does that medal represent? That 
that medal represents what you j- were just able to do and the journey that it took you to get there. And it's a much nicer token to represent the journey than the like six pairs of disgusting, smelly running shoes that you burn through. <laughs> Especially your running shoes. Oh my God, they are so foul <laughs> right now. I can't even keep them in the house anymore. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you just have to... It's it's that day in and day out, the grind, you have to put in the work and it's not always exciting and it's not always sexy, but it's necessary and it's what you do in running, it's what we do in parenting, it's what we do in so many aspects of our life. I was we were talking about this the other day when we were talking about our kids and just trying to raise good human beings and grateful children and grateful humans and how hard consistent parenting is yeah it is so hard (laughs) and to just to get the kids to try and bind the whole idea of a continuous pursuit of improving themselves yeah which is is a real tricky process right but i mean they're still young you know our kids are six and nine and so they are still young but they're get they're starting to get it. Well, yeah, that's because I I gave him Sidious Altius Fortius at dinner the other night. Oh yeah, <laughs> and the one looked at me like, "What's not even English, Dad?" <laughs> and tell me how this conversation went. I, I don't know about this. You don't remember? You were totally sitting there. I don't think when, I was oh there. yeah, I totally this must have been a night I was out with my girlfriends. One hundred percent looked at the nine year old and I was <laughs> trying to explain the concept of Sidious Altius Fortius when? as a pursuit towards greatness in all things of life. Why did you bring that up? I don't remember what. <laughs> the, the the setup was but i just i i've been thinking so much on that movie as as the season wraps up and i i just i love that i find it one of the most inspirational starts of a movie mm-hmm. um you know you were watching a great inspirational movie the other day so i was thinking of that one also and it just it got me going mm-hmm. um but yeah it's like you said it's it's putting in the work it's but the slow and steady improvement too. Right. But back to like the kids thing. Yes. So like one of the things that we talk about with our kids is using our words, right? Talking about how we're feeling. And our youngest this morning woke up and she was not happy with you. Do you remember why? No. I don't either. <laughs> but she was not happy with you. I, I, and she was sitting at the, at I'm the not kitchen sure she, counter. She remembers why she wasn't happy with me. but She was she, sitting at the kitchen counter, though, and she was like kind of huffy at you. Yes, very much so. And you were about to leave for work, and you went over and you gave her a kiss goodbye. And she actually then calmly told you why she was upset with you. I still don't remember what it was, though. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was... Because it was a tiny little thing. It was a tiny little thing. The problem thing. is when you wake up a six-year-old, right. if I wake her up and, and literally it could be like I gave her a kiss on the cheek and I hadn't shaved and that personally offended her because I scratched her cheek. It wasn't that. But it could. <laughs> it was something as small and inconsequential. But she used her words. She did. And she told you what it was. She got it out. You said you were sorry. And that was it. And then she oh, was good. I remember it. Oh, good. I put I put the pillow on the bed, and she wanted to put the pillow on the bed instead. <laughs> I was trying to help her get the bed made quicker, but she, no, I want to put the silver pillow on the bed. You put the rainbow pillow on the bed. <laughs> I put the wrong pillow there. Yeah. That was, and it was a, just a horrid offense yes. in her mind. Oh, she was mad. Oh, when she, she came out, she was like a grump. Yeah, she was livid at me because yeah. I, I was trying to help her put the pillow down. Yeah, but, you know... You didn't let her get away with that kind of attitude, and she then used her words and and we talked and expressed, and you guys had a little chat, and it was good. Yes, and I was trying to rush out the door, and I looked at her, and I thought, no, 
Just stop. You're going to be like two minutes later to school and it's going to be okay because this is is a chance for you to be a better person mm-hmm. and a chance for her to grow and be a better person. Yeah. And yes, you have some photocopies that you need to run to school and get and you haven't started eating your breakfast yet and it's going to be a busy day, but this is really important right now mm-hmm. because it's going to help her be a better person and it's going to help you start the day better and not walk out the door frustrated. Yeah, and it helped me too because <laughs> then she was in a better mood. Yeah. I, and I, she was much more cooperative. I I am sure she was because mm-hmm. I I have left before where she's been in a bad mood over something about either you or I because mm-hmm. we touched the wrong pillow right and I, and I have no idea how you get them to school because I take off and somehow you like Wonder Woman your way through the <laughs> kitchen all lunches are made and the kids are at school on time mm-hmm. yeah I told you you don't you never have to worry about that. I know yeah all right so let's go back to our pursuit of greatness all right so. It's it's like in life, running does not have this this steady progression all the way through. There are some times where you just start getting rapidly better at things. And there are times where it looks like you're putting in the work and nothing is changing. Right. Where you plateau. And it stinks in all stages of life. It stinks at work where you just keep working harder and you're like, okay, I've reached the limit. I don't seem to be going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And you still have to put in the work. And eventually there's a breakthrough. The same thing happens. Compounding interest. Yes. Perfect. It's a, it works nicely <laughs> it's financially al- yeah. also. For your retirement fund. For, for those of you funding your retirements, yeah. um, it, you just keep putting in the work and it doesn't look like it's doing much at first. But eventually you look back at all of these little steps that you've made and you're like, wow, look at how much progress I've done. Well, look at because healthy it eating. Builds up. Look at healthy eating, right? If you go out for lunch tomorrow and you decide to eat a salad versus pizza, you're not going to feel that much different. I mean, you you might have some indigestion if the pizza was really greasy. But overall, that day, the next day, you're probably not going to notice a huge difference based on that one healthy choice that you make. No. No, but if you keep making that choice Uh repeatedly and you much more regularly choose the healthier option, you look back a year from then Mm -hmm. and there's been something pretty substantial. Right, exactly. It's those little choices that don't necessarily give you that immediate result and you can't really see the benefit of them along the way. Yeah. I, I put some examples down. You know, if you're the fastest runner in the world, but you're also hated by everybody that you run against, not because of your speed, but because you're a jerk, you're not winning. No. Like, you're just not. Like, oh, he's that's great. He's fast, but he's also a jerk. Right. You also can't be so just out there and trying to help the world that you've completely abandoned your own health. Okay, because you're not winning that way either. Because right. eventually you're not going to be able to help anybody else. Right. You're spending so much time trying to pursue making other people happy that you're losing in, in your own personal health area of right. life. Right. It's the old oxygen mask yes. comparison, right? You always have to take care of yourself first. Yeah. I, I forget. I was listening to some podcasts. They were talking about, you know... Uh, professional runners using running as a platform and they mentioned uh, Meb Kafleski as an example of this mm-hmm. and people are like people love Meb one his name is Meb which yeah. is just fun to say which <laughs> is funny because it's like Mebratom but he he shortened it to Meb mm-hmm. and no one even uses his last name he just goes by Meb yeah. he's got one name he's like Oprah like Oprah um, or it, Jesus <laughs> there you go <laughs> one name um, but they pointed out that 
Mev, as nice of a person as he was, would not have been able to use his platform. And I mean, he's used it for great causes and all sorts of building, running in, in poor communities and running through through the youth programs and stuff like that. If he hadn't won New York and Boston, he would not have as big of a platform. Mm -hmm. But also, if he won New York and Boston but was a jerk, he wouldn't have a platform either. He wouldn't have much of a platform at all. No, he needs both of them. Because he's got this, like, amazing smile Mm -hmm. and he's he's a a father. He's got the kids. He, He really, like, lives with the kids. He doesn't, I mean, he goes off and has some, like, training where he goes away. But then he, he got a house so that they could come with him because he didn't want to leave his family. Like, he's got that aspect to him. He loves being around other people. And also, he won New York and Boston. And Mm -hmm. it's the combination of the pursuit of excellence in all areas that makes people be like, oh, Meb, he's pretty awesome. It's that. It wasn't just a solitary focus on being as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. It was all things. Yeah, that's true. And it's the same thing with uh, your friend Ryan Shea. Right, who, you know, as as we go through this, and anytime I start thinking Prefontaine, then I always think Ryan. And Especially as, now with the New York Marathon. Yeah, as New York Marathon's coming up here, then it's going to be the 11-year anniversary of, of when he died in the Olympic trials. Yeah, it was the year we got married, wasn't it? Yep. Um, he was the best runner that I've ever run with. And I was just reading an article uh, I've read the article on him from Runner's World so many times, but I was just reading it again the other day. And to go back and look over his life, and he pursued joy, but he pursued running. I mean, his goal of I'm going to be in the Olympics, and I'm not just going to be in them, I'm going to compete in them, and I'm going for a gold medal. Mm -hmm. But he didn't abandon other things. I mean, he was also his high school president and valedictorian. Like, he was everything. I mean, it was a small school in Michigan, but he basically was the top person out of all of these different fields, mm-hmm. you know. He wanted to be the best in he everything. He wanted to be the best in everything. He he was in, like, the smallest division in Michigan because he went to this little school. But when he was a senior and he won the state meet for the fourth consecutive time, he also was the fastest person on the entire day mm-hmm. out of all of the divisions because it wasn't enough for him to just be the fastest one in the small schools. He wanted to be the fastest kid in the state. When he chose where to go to college, he didn't want to go to a school where he would be able to be the fastest runner. He wanted to be the fastest runner and get an amazing education. Mm-hmm. That that was his choice. He, there wasn't one or the other. It yeah. was pursuing all things. He always wanted to reach towards greatness. Mm -hmm. There was never a settling for anything with him. It just didn't, like it didn't even make sense to him that you would back off in an area, pursue all things and pursue all things as best as you possibly can. So as much as we want to cover the pursuit of, of all things, there also needs to be a balance in all things. Absolutely. We, we cover this all the time. It's, there's the perpetual balance. Mm-hmm. Um, you like to talk about seasons of everything, but mm-hmm. it is, it's a balance in all things. Um, I pointed out that it's, it's one of the core of, of my teaching. Every class begins with, uh, with a life lesson. Like I'm a science teacher, but the core is, is not necessarily making sure all these kids memorize scientific facts. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the kids in my chemistry class, once they're done with my chemistry class, will never see chemistry ever again. They have to take it to graduate, but then they're done. So I'd rather that they gain some wisdom, some personal development. And so we start with uh, a lesson, a story, something to, to 
improve them as a person every single day. Mm -hmm. And for some of the kids, that is the most attention they will pay for the entire class. They'll do just enough that they can pass the class, but don't talk to them during, during those like opening few minutes where we get life lesson because they are paying attention. And to them, that's the most important thing they can grasp out of that class. And for them, it might be the most important thing for them to grasp out of that class. Most of them, it probably is. Because like you said, how many of those people are then going to go on to pursue chemistry or anything in the science or medical field? It's, I mean, there's a few in there that that are telling me that they want to become a doctor, but I'm looking at their grades and thinking, I don't see that going very well for you. So it's the other, it's the big life lesson that is, in fact, that's the big thing for you is... You know, lessons like lessons like how to pursue greatness, lessons like how to change the world, where you actually take a second out of your day and kind of reflect personally on what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's a bigger picture. Right. And it's, it's important to keep that bigger picture in everything that we do, not just in running, but in our life, like what you're, you know, talking about now with personal development and in our health in general as well. Because, yes, you might be a great runner, but but some of these runners have eating disorders and are not really healthy. I mean, if you really look at the overall component of health, I mean, there are some women that push themselves to a level where they stop menstruating. They have hypothalamic amenorrhea, if you want to go get technical. That is very technical. I know, but it's but it's what happens with, you know, women that overtrain themselves to that point that they're messing up their hormone balance so much that their body stops menstruating or doesn't even start, you know, like the younger girls that are overtraining in high school, they don't even start it until they're much older and stop that kind of level of training. Right. Which has massive health repercussions. Like, is that actually pursuing greatness? Maybe you're trying to see how fast you can get, but to to see how fast you can get, are you actually pursuing greatness in all aspects or are you blatantly neglecting some other area? Mm-hmm. Because like we said before, like if you're really fast but you're a jerk, that's not a good thing. If you're really fast but your big health picture is is a little little clouded, that's that might not be an actual pursuit of ex- of excellence. Right. Well, and you we talked about last week about, you know, comparing yourself to other people on Instagram and other things. And it's, you don't see the story behind the picture all the time. You might see somebody's six pack abs, but you don't know how many hours they're spending in the gym and how they're eating and, you know, everything else. Like how much do you really want those six pack abs? Yeah. It's a picture of that person with their six pack abs and then their kids who they haven't seen in three weeks because they spend six hours a day in the gym. Right. Well, there was a picture of the rock and he's like training for some movie. And I mean, right now is ridiculously built, but in order to get that chiseled physique that he needs for his job in the movie, Mm -hmm. you know, for that role, it's, you know, he's spending like six hours in the gym and he's eating, you know, extremely restricted diet. And he doesn't live that way normally if he's not training or doesn't need that level of muscle for, you know, a given role. Right. Thankfully, I can look that way without having to spend six hours Thank in the gym. Thank the Lord. And that is why I married you. Because it's just, you know, you can live like the rest of us and eat cake and still have... And still look like the rock. Like the rock. 
You, you still have a six pack though, which just blows my mind. Anyway, continue. So balance in all things, right? This is one of the reasons that we created the monthly program that we have as well. It's not just about running. We also talk about strength training. Strength training is such a huge component of that because being a healthy person is not just purely going out the door and putting in the miles. Right. It's my favorite aspect of it, Mm -hmm. but strength training is incredibly important. Right. But you you always, have you heard of that term called skinny fat? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there that might be thin, but they don't have muscle tone, you know, or like, you know, they neglect the strength training aspect of it. And it ends up leaching their bones away too, which is not good. And people can end up with early onset of osteoporosis, which strength training helps that. You know, the the, the weight-bearing exercise of ri- running helps, but strength training is really one of the best things that they found in the research to help prevent osteoporosis. So strength training so is strength super training, important. Right. So it's, you know, it's balancing. It's, it's doing the running and the strength training and then also healthy eating. That's why we include recipes for people to make it easier to find that stuff i mean i spend hours looking for recipes and so i feel like it's very helpful to share that yeah so when you find a good one when i find a good one find one that that we use on a regular basis hey try this rest of the world go for it um it's also the community aspect of making sure that you've got the emotional side built mm-hmm. in there. Like it's, it is a pursuit yeah, our real in life all runners areas. tribe. Like that's, that's everybody's what it's there, there for. Yeah. Everybody's there supporting each other. Um, you know, that, that way you've got every angle covered. You've got the physical through both running through strength. You've got the emotional, you've got the health aspect of it, you know, through the, the tribe. If anybody's got questions, that's a great place to put them out in whatever area you're looking for, because that tribe is supportive and just trying to build everybody up. It really comes back to the motto that we've got, Sidious Altius Fourius. It's the pursuit of greatness, working with other people to see how great everybody can become. Right, because someone else's greatness doesn't diminish yours. No. I mean, it really does build you up even more. Like, you can become greater when you surround yourself with greater people that are all pursuing that pursuit of all pursuing that pursuit pursuing the pursuit and chasing the dream (laughs) edit cut (sighs) no um but when you surround yourself with like-minded people who are all on the path to greatness that all that can do is raise you up it's not gonna it's not gonna cut you down no it's it's all what what's the phrase rising tide lifts all ships Oh, I like that. Yep. So, um, you know, we discussed in a a previous episode the idea of accepting the title of runner. Um, But that's really, it's just one component to becoming, uh, to a greater pursuit. That's helping you on the greater pursuit of, of running is taking on the title. Looking at this overall episode, I think work in progress is a way to, to really describe the pursuit of greatness. Mm -hmm. Okay. The best description of, of, what are you in the world? I'm a work in progress. That's true. Because if you're aiming for greatness, one, it's going to take a whole lot of work and it is an endless progression. It's not make sure that you find that goal and as soon as you get it, celebrate because you've reached the goal. It is a continuous progression, just constantly striving for, towards better and better. 
Yes, I agree. So that about wraps it up for today. Thank you guys so much for joining us. For our show notes about this episode and all the resources that we talked about, including the link for our Facebook tribe, you can request access to the Facebook tribe over on the website. It is filled with amazing people that are all pursuing their own levels of greatness and pushing themselves in running and in life. So come join us. Join our tribe. We love our tribe so much. So join us over there. Check out all of that on our website at realliferunnerspodcast.com. Just click on today's episode and the show notes will give you all the links that you'll need for all the things that we talked about today. And Get out there and keep reaching for greatness in all areas of your life. Take the lessons that you learn from running and apply those to everything else that you're doing in your life and keep reaching higher, faster, stronger. Sidious Altius Fortius. Thank you guys for joining us and we will catch you next week. 